0: Welcome to The Looper Podcast, the show where we
1: make the round with interesting golf personalities. Here's your host, Eric Payton. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into the show today. I really appreciate you downloading this episode. If you haven't already, please go and subscribe to The Looper wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating too. That'd really help us out. In today's episode, as you might have guessed, is with golf course architect Jim Hang. When I was a golf pro in Colorado, I had the opportunity to play a couple of his courses in the area and really, really enjoyed them. This interview was super interesting for me to do because I've always been curious about golf course design, and Jim has taken on courses all over the world. If you've ever wondered what goes into creating a golf course from scratch, I know you'll love listening to what Jim has to say. Be sure to Google his name and see if there are any of his courses in your area or if you can go check some out on vacation. You won't regret it. Now, without further delay, here's the interview.
0: Jiming, uh, golf course architect, uh, father of two and have a dog.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on here. Um, so ca- to start things off, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with golf as a kid
0: and a young adult before you
1: started designing courses?
0: Yeah, sure. I. Uh, it, uh, <clears throat> that's probably that's probably kind of interesting. It's uh, I was uh, two years old when I jumped in the uh, uh, golf cart, uh, one of those cushions with the kind of the sickle bar on front, of the three wheel, and crashed it and ended up being fairly seriously... Uh, Injured as a as a very young kid, and so, and so that was my uh, my introduction to golf. And um, you know, my parents both played, and I grew up playing, working on the courses, spending you know, all day at the course, either working on the course or caddying or something like that. And, uh, you know, that's pretty typical. I grew up in golf, so that's where I ended up going. Uh,
1: so then, how did you make the transition to starting designing courses?
0: I was in an architecture program. Because I, I, I was always had a creative side and I wanted to be an architect. And I was in a program and then uh, did some work with a golf course architect uh, named Dick Phelps. And Dick told me how to get into the business, uh, which, mean, uh, which meant I had to uh, change my degree, change schools, change states. And I ended up at Colorado State uh, and uh, got a landscape architecture degree and then went out into the world. What was it about uh, designing golf
1: courses at first that kind of drew you to that profession?
0: Well, I mean, I like the creative side of things, and I I love playing golf, so I love being around golf, and um, once I saw um, that you can do something like that, uh, that was sort of a fit, and and, uh, I got to use the creative side. I got to be in the golf world, and uh, I just took it with dogged determination to uh, try and succeed.
1: So then what was your first uh, job in the designing world?
0: Uh, well, um, I don't know if you consider construction as well, but I spent uh, some time building golf courses with uh, various companies. And this, yes, when I uh, graduated with my landscape architecture degree. I was, uh, I was able to be hired because of my construction experience by, uh, by Dick Nugent out of uh, Chicago.
1: And so now that you're um, you're kind of on your own, you've got your own company, um, when you are approached to design a course, where do you, what's the first step? Where do you start with all that?
0: Well, it has to be overall impression. Uh, you know, first the land, you know, then the client, then difficulties, all that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, mostly it's it's the land and you kind of get to know it a little bit and then you go further into detail, then you get topos and then you get or maybe riding horses, or ATVs, or something, and uh, and uh, just sort of start to be able to see some things.
1: And so, what what are you looking at when you when you g- actually get on to the land? What are you looking for that um, might spark inspiration, or stuff that you uh, might need to avoid, or think about before when you dive into actually uh, moving some land?
0: I I really look for things I call hotspots. And usually every site's going to have a few, some more than others, obviously. And I try and integrate or envision how I can make a golf hole work within or around that particular hotspot, whether it's a rock outcropping, a grove of trees, a, a wetland area, whatever it might be. It's something to incorporate within the, within the golf course to make the, uh, the play more interesting
1: so once you once you get this um, this piece of land, what is what is y- you've walked the 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 course or the the piece of property? Um, where do you go from there? Do you go back to um, kind of brainstorming and drawing and um, what is what does that creation process look like?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty well uh, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to go about it in this industry, but i I choose to uh, do uh, very detailed contours. I, I'm able to see things in contours. I'm able to have visions that I can then create in contours that are then readable and buildable by a contractor. So, you, you know, you're efficient whether you're not building it several times and changing it, you're envisioning it one time and building it one time. And that keeps, obviously, costs cost down. Uh, but I've had good success by being able to find hotspots and then incorporate the golf course within the hotspots using the contours and um, using contour drawings and and the creative imagination and uh coming up with something that's interesting
1: um so what is what is that time frame like normally when you're approached originally until opening day of a golf course how long does that normally take
0: it can be anything it can be it can be uh any, you know anywhere from being approached to signing a contract to the project never finishes or never even starts so you know that that number is infinity at this point uh Longest ones was probably Fossil Trace in Colorado. We uh, I think I talked to them in November of '91. The first time, and we opened in 2003. So uh, you know, it can be it can be any number really. It's it's not the design process, design process, and even construction process are f- somewhat finite. Uh, it's it's all of the other things: financing, obtaining of land, permitting. Uh, obstacles such as uh, power lines or weapons or whatever they might be. <clears throat> There's a plethora of obstacles that have to be overcome before you can even start um, even, even start moving any dirt.
1: So, uh, obviously, uh, designing golf courses. Your, your profession is it, it's a business. You're working with a client um, who wants something. Um, but what is your primary goal as the architect when it comes to the playability for, for the, um, the actual golfers, what is your goal that they experience?
0: You know, there's, there's a lot of discussion about how you gauge or evaluate what's a better round of golf than others or what golf courses are better than others. And there's a lot of factors that go into that and people, you know, people evaluate things like, uh, playability, shock values design variety whatever it might be there's a lot of things that go into that including even history but all of the things you can take every description that anyone's ever said or you can take any design criteria or category anyone's ever used but at the end of the day they all come down to the same thing and that's fun Uh, for example uh, you can give a course really high marks on Design variety, but why are you trying to obtain design variety? Well, it makes, uh, makes the golf round more interesting and more fun. So I am all about having fun on the course, on my courses. I don't really go by any standards or I don't follow any design role or guidelines of, of the, of the golden, the golden years of the older gold guys. Um, I do things that I envision people will have fun with. And you know some of it's a little outside the box, but if you want to have the same golf course uh, every time, then you have a huge spectrum to choose from in in the world of golf because there's a lot of courses that are just like a lot of courses.
1: I really like how you bring up the it's the fun element because there's a it seems like there's a a shift or a movement of people who are um, really assessing golf course design lately um and and trying to make it an objective um analysis when really it's uh it's it's art it's you know it's it's subjective it's different people like different things and i um you know i've never really understood how people can say oh this course is really bad and this one's really good well you know are you having fun out there do you do you enjoy the course you're playing on then then it's a good course and so well, you, you hit it on the head
0: when you said art. It, it isn't. I look at it as, a, as an art form where you get, to, you get to be within an art form. Now, there's very few art forms you can actually experience from within. Architecture, architecture, those are a couple of them. But it's the only one I know where you get to compete against the art form. That makes it interesting to me. And thus, thus to approach it with, a, with an art form kind of mindset that, that includes fun and you know when you when you when you talk about art, art by definition pretty much means it has to be quite variable. It has to has to have always present something different. And so the idea is to be able to keep creating things that are unique and different. Well, to do that, you're going to have to go outside the box after you do your first course, right? <laughs> so it it, uh, it it's 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 really a, a meld of of that of the fun and the art form and it's really a collection of human spaces and once you can put yourself inside of a space before you well even after you create it but before you create it then you have a very good uh gauge of how other people are going to see and especially feel that particular space we might be talking about a green one we might, we might be talking about an entire golf ball we could be talking about a tiny little space that that, that you're in in the trees or something or anything like that but it's still about the human experience, and it's much bigger than just hitting a ball and chasing it uh, and you know that's part of it but but you know there are many, many golf courses that that people design and constructed that are it's simply a field upon which to play a game. I look at it uh, a lot differently in the fact that I think it's a human space to be experienced, and oh, by the way, you get to play the game of golf,
1: yeah. That's good. So as as kind of a, a golf course artist, then, what what inspires you um, to make different features? Um, do, do you look at other architects? Do you look at other um, things in the world to kind of incorporate into your golf courses?
0: You know, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I struggled with that particular question for many years. And uh, I didn't really understand why I liked it. I knew what I liked but I didn't understand why I liked it. Understanding why you like it gives you a much better relationship to be able to, A, produce it, but also to be able to then get a bigger... And and when I say produce, I mean in a physical form. But once you understand why you like it, now you can try and portray it in more of an emotional form or or a mindset. And the the example of that is when... I, I play a lot, and most of my inspiration comes from Ireland. And I say that I don't mean it's necessarily verbatim uh, the features. Uh, it's more about <clears throat> the emotional feeling I get when I'm in Ireland. And I play there many, many, many times. I'm walking down the first hole at Carn, beautiful day, and I'm looking around and kind of doing pirouettes as I'm taking in the landscape because it's it's just so it's so beautiful. And my my buddies are going. Dude, you were doing pirouettes down the fairway. I go, and it hit me. I, I I get I get a big kick out of presenting things to people. And even though some Irish uh, things I've, I I find out where the envelope is that you can get away with things by what what's been done in Ireland. But the thing about it is, I, I don't I'm not necessarily trying to reproduce physically uh, features of Ireland. But I am trying to reproduce that endorphin rush that I got when I was that I get every time I play this. I, I, my mind is turned on for four hours, four straight hours. I am just taking it in and, and just giggling the whole way around. That's the feeling I'm at forever. And whether that means it's a, an Irish feature that I reproduced or found, or it means it's some other quirky, Thing that we came up with to present to golfers that gives them that same sort of endorphin rush. So that's the inspiration is is really trying to provide unique things for people to experience. But it goes back to to my uh, my feelings about golf in Ireland and and, uh, and how cool the feeling is when you're playing there. Yeah, that's
1: really cool. Um, well, I've never been over to Ireland before, uh, but I've played most of your golf courses in Colorado, um, which it seems like there's a lot of, um, mountain courses that you have and a lot of elevation changes. Is that something that you're drawn to as well?
0: You know, I enjoy it. Uh, it, uh, you know, with sanctuary being my first course in the States on my, under my own name, um, that was, you sort of become known as it and you sort of get a niche, but
1: you know, there's
0: courses that that aren't that way, but, uh, I do have probably a disproportionate number of mountain courses and uh it, it kind of suits me because of my detailed uh documentation and you're you, that's what you have to have to build in the mountains efficiently because if you make a mistake in the mountains it could cost you a lot of money um and it's a lot easier to erase um make cover your mistakes with an eraser than it is with a bulldozer so we try and work out all the problems early but uh yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say that uh, that's a first statement.
1: So is there something that um, you kind of mentioned there's there's um, uh, more room for error um, or less room for error in the mountains. Um, is there something that's happened in the past at some go- golf course that, um, I don't want to say that was a huge mistake, but maybe surprised you that um, going into it you were expecting something to happen, but it kind of it took you by surprise and, and kind of had to... Work on your feet and make some changes.
0: Oh yeah, that happens. <clears throat> that happens fairly often. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and <clears throat> um, you're gonna, uh, whatever you do, a course. And I, I just had it. We're we're building a course in Mexico right now. And I was out there with the uh, with the contractor, and we're, we're walking around looking at things. And I said, "Look, this isn't uh, this isn't life or death. Uh, no one's going to live or die based upon the next decision we make." And the thing that I find is that <clears throat> when we construct things, you know, we try and do it to plan and things like that, but it's impossible to get it exactly right. And I've just told them that I discovered over the years that the mistakes, as long as they're not glaring and causing maintenance problems or technical issues, the quirky things, the, the quirky mistakes, are the things that really give it a little flavor in five or six years. People start to get to know the quirky quirkiness. You know there's there's a there's an oddity here or there's uh, uh something funky there and you know sometimes you you check that and you go yeah that worked out great and sometimes you go well maybe not so great but it becomes part of the it becomes part of the aura of the golf course over time and i find those little mistakes to be some of the most interesting parts of the course because they weren't programmed yeah that makes sense
1: um so in your opinion other than um other than the fun factor what makes a a hole great or ma- what makes an entire golf course great what when you when you finish one um or you look back at, at someone else who's done a course what do you think really makes it great other than the fun factor is there anything else
0: know uh, you talked like you said there's a lot of people that are trying to be golf course evaluators and they all have opinions and one guy you know to to <laughs> the To be an expert among a a mass of people you have to you know pretty much have to be negative of most things um don't look like an authority on on anything but um, it the bigger issue is enjoyment and it goes back to, to fun and but that's all encompassing too you have to remember that when i say fun it includes uh the enjoyment you have on on a golf course it includes using uh, a lot of different mindsets to be able to hit different shots it includes the views it includes the condition of the course it includes maybe even history of the course it includes all of that and and it's all of those elements that i put into fun or maybe even the endorphin you know there's people that will go out and play i i'm not going to mention any names obviously but there's a lot of there's a lot of courses out there that have great history and they really aren't that spectacular of a golf course yet history, people will play them, and their heart's going to be pounding. And so that makes it fun for them. And that's part of the And that's something I can necessarily control because I can't control the history of a brand-new course, obviously. Um, So I have to go about it a different way. But at the end of the day, there's there's all these factors that, that come into it that are basically you walked off the golf course, you're smiling, intrigued, and, and thinking about you know, knocking it again and that's that all comes down to fun and fun encompasses everything you know I think the best way to to uh, rate a golf course is on a scale of one to five or one to ten and call it a fun fact because it incorporates all of the other categories that other people use because the ultimate goal is fun right unless you're trying to Play a major uh, professional tournament. The only reason the game was invented is because it was a fun pastime to walk from St Andrews to the ocean with a stick and a rock and knocking it around, trying to outdo the other guy. And it became a game against nature. There was no fair. There was no unfair. It was just you against nature, and it was fun. They did it as a pastime. Somewhere we've we've gotten a little off track with the, the history and the glamour and all the. All the all the jack color jackets and all those things that um, are now important to most people or many people, and they forgot the pastime. And we're supposed to be out there to do it for fun. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's
1: great. Um, so w- when you when you uh, open a golf course, um, obviously you're in a position where I'm sure you hear a lot of both praise and. Uh, negativity, um, criticism. Um, how do you handle that criticism that comes that um, ab- about something that you just poured so much into? Um, how how do you how do you go about handling that?
0: Yeah, you hit that on the head. Listen, yeah, everybody's going to have an opinion, and, and when you're in my business and you you put your emotions, you put your you put your vision, you put your everything out there for people to pay to evaluate. You better be able to take it. Um, only thing that I look at specifically is if someone has has a, a comment, uh, my 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 question is usually to myself: Is does that person have an agenda? Does he have a club? That is he a member of a club that's threatened by this new club that we just built? And by the potential for um, surpassing his club or her club. And uh, thus they're going to be negative about it for reasons other than what we talked about is what makes the game enjoyable. Um, and, and really if there's, if there's no agenda and it came from their heart, I take it wholeheartedly seriously um, and respect it. If there's no agenda in, in their mind, but, very rarely will you find golf these days where someone does not have an agenda.
1: Um, so what would you say is your favorite part of your job? Do you have um, like one of those uh, stages of creation that you really enjoy most?
0: You know, it's all kind of fun. The, the least fun is dealing with permitting and and, uh, and all the, the pre design things you have to do. Uh, I really enjoy walking around sites and spending time and sort of getting visions going and talking with uh, staff and other people. And then I really enjoy locked away in my studio at, you know, one in the morning with Van Morrison playing and kind of trying to get creative on things. And I really enjoy the production aspect of it. You know, it's always fun to open a new course as well. So, um, it's the bumps along the way. It's, it's uh, dealing with, the uh, with agencies, um, that, that are doing all the right things. It just makes our job a little more difficult. And so, um, trying to get people to understand there's not everyone understands that, you know, the value of golf. They just look at it as a, you know, some silly game. So they're not going to give it a great deal of priority. And, you know, part of the job is to be able to, uh, um, nicely coerce them into understanding you know, what it is we're trying to do. And well, most people will, will come around and see that, but it's, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff and then there's some other stuff that's, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a job like anything else. It's it just that I enjoy the fact that I get to be creative out in the
1: dirt. Yeah. So how much are you in, uh, you know, the construction equipment moving and contouring, uh, ground a lot? Oh, do you mean personally or up Yeah. You personally.
0: Um, well, I did that. I did, I worked on construction crews, uh, when I was younger and, uh, now it's mostly design supervision, uh, seeing how things are I'm moving along. I'm not out of like I used to be, but uh, it's, uh, it's part of the job where, where I'm heading.
1: So is that kind of difficult to uh, communicate your vision to someone who is doing the contouring?
0: No, not really. It's uh, that's where the that's where the detail of the contour drawings that I do come into play. They're able to. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a standard method of of construction drawings that the, that the contractor can, that can read can interpret can bid can build in an efficient manner. So all they have to do is go out and stake it out properly, and they can build build right to the drawings. Yeah. Okay.
1: Interesting. Um, so can you tell us a little about a little bit about what your current uh, job is and location and what you're trying to do there?
0: Uh, yeah, we uh, we just opened in December a new project uh, in uh, Vietnam called Harmony Golf Park near uh, Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon. Um, we're under construction right now in a place called Puebla, Mexico, which is about two hours to the southeast of Mexico City in the mountains. Um, and those are man, those are the kind of things that are taking my time today.
1: Do you have a uh, an open date yet for the Mexico one?
0: Yeah, as, uh, as you might expect, it's a very rugged mountain site, so it's it's a really difficult project. We're hoping about a year.
1: Uh, so you've had a, a career so far that's been really successful. A lot of a lot of great golf courses. Is there something that you're still uh, looking forward to and hoping to do or accomplish in your
0: career as a course architect? I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to ponder that longer than we have time today. <laughs> no really i i so most of the things i I'd, I'd, I'd want to do i have a i have a different sort of priority set than than uh some uh where um just i i have i've i've been true to myself to do <clears throat> different and interesting things even to my detriment at times with some uh but I look at these things and the fact that I like them (laughs) means means that I was true to myself. And typically I found that if I like them, most people without an agenda like them as well. But there are are some that just don't like what I do because it's a little out there. It's not in the norm. And I I get it. I don't, I don't have an issue. If that's how they feel in their heart, I, I totally understand that. But, um, no, I don't have really any regrets. I, um, that we've done and i'm sort of just happy to keep trudging along. yeah
1: that's awesome awesome um so to kind of wrap things up i always like asking people a specific question but i'm going to change it a little bit for you um the question is what's your favorite course that you've ever played or seen um and then maybe i may tweak that a little bit for you and give you two questions what's your favorite course you've ever created and maybe that's like choosing your favorite child but i'm going to throw it out there anyway <laughs> <laughs>
0: you took the words right out of my pat answer on that one by the way <laughs> uh, but um it's it's impossible for me to um evaluate my own my own courses you know but well, you put a lot into each one and you know some you think maybe got too many accolades and some maybe didn't get enough, and you know it's it just um nah, that's that's a tough one. I'll let you guys figure out which one you think is the best one I've done um uh, of course most fun well the endorphin rush has been the highest at uh probably carn and uh and Innescron, right near each other in in uh, Ireland.
1: all right that's awesome that's awesome do you have uh maybe a favorite hole you've ever created like most um maybe most unique stands out the most? Maybe we don't have to call it favorite, but
0: most unique. Well, well, most unique, yeah. Probably the most unique is uh, is number eleven at the, the golf club at uh, Black Rock up in Idaho. Uh, it's encased in a lot of rock, natural rocks that we dug out, and the rocks popped up, and we said, "Hey, let's put the golf, let's put the green in this pond right in the middle of a rock field." <laughs> so we did.
1: That's awesome. I'll have to look that one up. I have not been there, um, but the ones I've seen in in Colorado, there's there's some unique designs. So I, I love it.
0: Um, That's great. I appreciate. It. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, um, is there any way that people can kind of follow your work and and see what you're doing? Um, how would you like to? You have anything you'd like to throw out there?
0: No, no. I appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time and and putting it, putting the passion into. Into the game to keep the game rolling. I, you know, we, in today's world, we um, we're, we seem to be losing a little steam in golf, and and uh, you know, I think it's going to take a new generation like you to uh, find the ways to uh, keep things moving along you know, in a fun way.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, all the best, best of luck with your course in Mexico, and and we'll we'll keep an eye on those things. So thanks for being here.
0: All right, you bet. Thank you so much.
1: All right, you have a good one. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and rate The Looper wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Looper Podcast. Talk to you next
0: time.